experience, bitch. Hello and prepare to experience Beige, the podcast where longtime friends discuss all sorts of science fiction and fantasy stuff. Uh, in this episode, we are going to be talking about the last two episodes of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, episode five, Truth, and episode six, One World, One People. One People. Uh, but before I get into that, I, you know, it's but we had we took last week off. Uh, so we have these last two episodes. So I just like to check in um, if if we've been doing any if we've ex- you know experienced any notable new nerd stuff. Um, maybe Hugo has something to share. But I so obviously people are getting vaccinated now. Movies are kind of opening up again a little bit. Uh, I didn't go to a movie. Uh, spoiler alert! But I've been looking at them just to see what's out there. I know um, Black Widow is coming soon. I think Hugo mentioned to me that's kind of what he's targeting as his like first movie back in the movie theater. Um, but I'm just kind of curious what's out there. You know, obviously last year, because of the pandemic, a lot of movies um, were canceled from the theater. Theaters were closed. You know, there were streaming options instead. Um, so I was kind of, so as I was just tapping to look at the, the movie showings for our local theaters here, um, you know, obviously there's Mortal Kombat is out now, so that's one of the bigger ones, but then there's this, uh, anime and animes, you know, don't commonly get theatrical releases. It does happen. And I was like, what is this thing? And then I looked into it and then I remember reading about it earlier because it's now like Japan's. Uh, highest grossing movie of all time and it passed up uh, Spirited Away. So obviously Spirited Away. Are you talking about Demon Slayer? Demon Slayer. So I was like, what is this thing? Um, And then so what I find is that it's a movie, and people probably know this. I mean, I'm not super, I I enjoy anime. I'm just not super uh, up to date on everything. Um, And so it's a, well, I guess it was a manga first, which is, you know, fairly typical then it became an anime and it's available on netflix so if you have netflix you can watch the whole first season which is i think it's like 26 episodes it's like an old school show it's not like your normal netflix eight episodes although each one's like i don't know 20 to 30 minutes it's not like an hour or something um so it's like well this this is like the highest grossing movie in japan it's got a theatrical release this seems like something that is worth watching. So I watched the first five episodes of the first season on Netflix. It's like, well, maybe I can watch this. And if I've, I don't know how long the the movie's going to be in theaters, but, you know, so I have my first shot of the vaccine. So I'm not fully vaccinated yet. It's like, maybe if I get fully vaccinated and I'm feeling like seeing a movie, I can get caught up on the show and then watch it in the movie theater, but maybe it'll be gone by then. I don't know. Um, so anyway, so I, I've only watched five, so I can't give like an in-depth review of the show, but I did think it was entertaining. It's definitely like, I don't want to, I, I was going to say it's combat heavy, but I, I which is kind of what I sort of read about the movie. Like, Oh, the action sequences are really cool. That's what people seem to really enjoy about it. And it's true. But I do think it's it has more than just mindless action. It's very much 
uh, the first again only the first five, but it, it definitely starts to give you the rules of its world. And so, I mean, obviously, there's demons. It's called Demon Slayer, um, and it starts to kind of give you more information about how this world works, how the demons work, how the demon slayers work. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that holds up over, I, I believe, 26 episodes. But so far, like each episode is fairly self-contained, but it also is part of a larger narrative. But each one kind of does a good job of like giving you a little bit more information about how the world works. So I, I've been enjoying it. Um, so maybe I'll see the movie down the line and I'll, talk about it there when i finish the show hugo have you at all watched this or been interested about it or anything like that well i've been intrigued because you mentioned that black widow is sort of my targeted first going back to a movie theater movie hopefully everything feels safe by then uh, but a few months ago i guess japan collectively decided that demon slayer was their first back <laughs> to the movie because movie. i the reason i heard about it was because it was a few months ago that i think it came out there and like you know, their movie industry like ours was like, I mean, all the theaters were empty for most of COVID. And then all of a sudden, um, I read this article that like all of a sudden people just like flocked to this film and like broke all the records. And I, I mean, I, you know, anime is obviously very popular in Japan, but to, to be the number one movie of all time there, you know, I, I guess what surprises me is not that it was an anime. I mean, you mentioned Spirited Away, like I would get a movie like that. It's that both from the description I've read and what you're telling me, it just seems like a very niche anime. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does seem like one of those. I, I, I haven't seen a lot of animes. I, I mean, I, 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 again, I like I like the uh, Miyazaki movies um, and other things. But yeah, it definitely seems more like in the line of... Uh, I, see, I can't make a good comparison because I haven't seen a lot of these. But a lot of the niche ones where it's like, you know, like Dragon Ball Z or something that people get really into and it's all about the characters fighting... Um, so yeah, it does feel a little a little niche, like you said. But I think there is definitely like an emotional core there, where you're kind of invested in the main character's quest. But yeah, I mean, I agree. It doesn't seem like a movie that would be the highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I but I guess I I, I want to watch it. I want to watch the movie at least. I don't know if I'll. I mean, it sounds like the anime series is pretty good too, from what you're telling me. But I definitely want to see the movie. If given all the hype and all the success it's had, I'm just kind of intrigued. What, what about it makes it so successful? Yeah. Well, I read an article before I started watching the show, um, and they it was about the movie though, and it was kind of like, do I need to see the show before watching the movie? And they said. No, but you would probably enjoy it better by watching the show, which is good. You would assume that's true. If it wasn't true, that would be kind of disappointing, actually, because then all the people who watch the show would be like, what, what's the point of the movie if I don't need to have watched the show beforehand? Um, but, but you know, apparently the movie, you can watch it on its own. It, it, they try to reintroduce some of the characters, but I guess, you know, it's not obviously all the information that you would have if you had watched the entire show. Um but yeah, it is kind of interesting. It's it's well animated and it's well done. It feels like you know, like a high qual. I think that's what people tend to like about it. From what I heard, I've only gotten five in, like I said. Um, but I think people really enjoy the how well rendered the action sequences and stuff are. So it's you know, so I'm I'm assuming the movie it does that as well. So I think it's kind of definitely like a let's go back to the theater and just watch this fun action movie. But like I said, it is kind of, there is kind of a tragedy at the core of the main mm -hmm. character's story. So it's not just like a total 
popcorn movie or anything, but uh, or I, or show. I haven't seen the movie, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so I just thought I'd share that. We'll see. Maybe I'll update down the line if I uh, finish that or watch the movie or whatnot. Uh, all right. Did you have anything else going on, Hugo? Or you want to get into the Falcon Winter? Well, Sunday? I just wanted to note that today, uh, as we're recording this, today's the the day of the Oscars. Which, uh, okay. We're recording this in the morning, but they're going to be tonight. I was just curious, Dave, uh, if you've seen any of the Best Picture nominees. I've I've seen two. Which um, I, is it just me, or I don't know if I'm getting older, or if the movies are just getting um, speaking a niche more niche. <laughs> but I feel like every year I've seen less and less of the uh, or fewer and fewer of the. Uh, of the uh-huh. best picture nominees. Well, and it's kind of funny because now there's 10, right? Or up to 10 is kind of what they... Up to 10. So this year there's eight. eight. Uh, I, I mean, it was it was an idea, yeah. so I'm not surprised they didn't go the full 10. Well, it's kind of funny because so there's like more of them, but it doesn't. It usually doesn't mean I, I'm more likely to have seen one. It's just like there's now <laughs> eight or 10 movies I haven't seen. I mean, usually I, do ha- I have seen a couple um, like yourself this year because it was a weird movie year, although you would think it would be easier to see them because they all came to streaming and stuff, but maybe they're on different streaming services. And I kind of like... You know, I don't go to the movie theater a lot, but you know, if if everybody's really liking a movie uh, and it's kind of up for Oscars, then I might target one or two to go to a theater. I mean, I kind of like seeing any movie in a theater, so maybe that's just why I haven't made a point to watch them streaming. I did one that I was going to uh, check out early and just never did because I think it's on Netflix. Is Mank? So that one's I have Netflix. That's should be easy to see. I just have and people seem to like it i just never went out of my way to watch it and the other one that sounds pretty cool is uh sound of metal um that's another one and that's like where it's a metal drummer and he goes deaf and it's basically kind of his story about his struggle with that um oh and it's is it fiction or non-fiction i think it's fiction but I don't, i'm not totally sure huh. so what are the two that You've seen, but see, that's a perfect example. Like, the, I mean, that is a very niche <laughs> <laughs> topic for a film to yeah. make best picture. Yeah, uh, no, you know, no insult to the film. I haven't seen it. I don't know. It's just kind of not. You know, usually best pictures are not not uh, by mainstream. I don't mean to say like you know they're. I, I, you know what I mean? Like the, most of them are usually somewhat mainstream, like movies that people maybe they didn't make a lot of money, but like they're they're movies people have heard of. Mm-hmm. And this year, it just seems like. Um, the father was nominated. I, I, yeah, I is that the one with heard... uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins? I think so. And he's playing. Like, I, a... I've heard of that. Yeah, I think he's playing a a, uh, a man who loses who, who has starts getting Alzheimer's or dementia or something like that. And so it's like I read a review of it. So apparently, the way they do it is really interesting. They do it uh, from his perspective because obviously that's kind of a, an idea that has been filmed before. Kind of someone. Uh, with Alzheimer's or dementia, and it's you know often presented from the perspective of the people, of the caretakers or the family or something. So I guess this is really from his perspective, and so they do different like filming tricks. So I, like there's different actors playing the same role, and because it's he can't remember them or something. I I haven't seen it, but like there's different things, uh-huh. so you can kind of more identify with him not remembering things or. Uh, just not recognizing people and it's like a, it'll be like a different actor and so you'll be like whoa who's this person and it's meant to you know for you to identify with the main character so okay. sounds kind of interesting okay. but i haven't that seen that is it. a cool concept yeah so the so only, only two i've seen are judas and the black messiah which i which i liked i thought that was a really well done film 
And the other one, which I just saw recently, catching up on, on my movies, is the the Trial of the Chicago Seven oh, okay. on Netflix. I I really like. So I thought I thought Judas was was a good film. I really enjoyed Trial of Chicago Seven. I, I was I was very much surprised um, by how much I enjoyed it because I didn't expect too much from the concept. Like I thought it'd be I thought it'd be fine. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's why I, I, I watched it because I thought it'd be entertaining. But um, it was the production, the writing, the acting. The editing, it was all very well done. Like yeah. it, you know, I, I've been getting used to Netflix movies being uh, <laughs> um, not being the top quality anymore. Like, and and this one was definitely like this one definitely deserves, I guess, a Best Picture nom- nomination. It was it was like if I would seen it in a movie theater, I would have been very satisfied. Yeah, um, with with spending the with spending the time to go out to the movie theater and buying the ticket and everything. It was it was very well done. Yeah, I know. A couple of years ago, they had Roma, which was a uh, you know. A Netflix movie, and uh, I thought that was pretty good. I thought it was a little overrated, but I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, so I ha- no, I don't think I've seen any of them. What's the whole list? Do you have that in front of you? So, so that so let's let's go through it really fast. Uh, the Father, Judas and Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of Chicago. No, I have not seen a single one of those. <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of movies. This is, I mean, I don't. It's like I said. It's kind of funny because normally I feel like I miss out on these because I, you know, it can be hard to get out to a theater. But it should have been easier this year, and I still didn't watch them, so <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I definitely am interested in some of those. I don't know if I'll. I, I don't even know. Oh, the Oscars you said are tonight. Okay, yeah, so I was going to so. say I don't know if I'll be able to see them before the awards but i guess i definitely probably definitely won't um but yeah it'll be interesting to see who who wins um i don't know i kind of i don't watch the oscars but i i to me it's one of the american awards that feels like it still matters a little bit like to me like the grammys are a joke um maybe the emmys i don't know i don't really follow any of these i think it's kind of cool that um that these kind of award ceremonies exist to, I, I, as long as they're shine, I like it when they shine light on things you may not have heard of. So it's kind of cool. These maybe that it's having these niche movies to kind of like, Oh, I hadn't heard about that. Or like, cause I think that does definitely push people to check things out. Like, Oh, it was nominated for best picture. You know, let me, mm-hmm. and sometimes they even re-release movies when they get nominated or if they win. And like, if you didn't see them when they first came out, you can, although now the, I guess people are getting out to theaters a little bit more, but maybe it's not as much of a thing this year, but, you know, it kind of puts a spotlight on them. Um, so I don't know. I'll, I'll probably end up watching a couple of those, but so far I haven't. But did, so do you feel like of the two that you saw, like if it won best, if either one won best picture, you'd be like, okay, I can see that. Or like, you're like, uh, it was good, but not best. I wouldn't call it the best picture of the year sort of thing. Yeah, I, I think they were they were both really well done films. Um, you know, I, I think I would be like, oh, okay. Especially looking at the list, like there seem to be other ones that I've heard good things about. But mm-hmm. um, we need to have an Oscar nothing. special with Riley because I have a feeling our friend Riley, who has been on this podcast before, I, he he goes to movies more than we do, I think, and uh, I feel like he's probably seen most of these movies because he's he he seems to stay up to date with like with movies and especially movies that, uh, um, you know, that people are talking about in a positive way. It just seems like he, he's always on top of those. So, 
I bet he would have some opinions. Next year we should invite him in for a special Oscars. Episode. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe we'll maybe next year there'll be like a uh, sci-fi slash fantasy type movie that'll be up there. Maybe Dune. Maybe if Dune's really good, it'll get nominated. Something oh, like yeah. that. So we'll have a little tie-in with our podcast. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, let's uh, let's get to the last two episodes of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, so I got. I, I I think we'll just do what we did last time, unless you want to do something else. Just kind of go through uh, episode five and six, and I'm sure our com- comments will cross between them. But just so we don't uh, leave out episode five and just talk about episode six. Um, so it basically starts off with um, I'm calling him U.S. Agent, and now it's official. I thought it was interesting. Now I'm already jumping to six, even though I told I said we shouldn't do that. I thought it was interesting that that was the actual name. Like, you're, what we need is a U.S. agent. And, like, I don't know. I didn't really expect it to be a different name or anything, but uh, I just thought that was kind of kind of interesting. Okay, we'll give him definitely the name from the comic books, which is what we've been calling him anyway. So so uh, that works. Um, but basically, he's running away from – he had just murdered one of the Flag Smashers, and then uh, uh, Sam and Bucky catch up to him, and we have the fight sequence – Two against one, maybe a little bit reminiscent of Bucky and Cap versus Iron Man in Civil War. Yeah. Uh, you might have more to say about that because you you had done a rewatch, but that's kind of what it brings to mind. Um, and it just so I mean, just to kind of recap that, uh, you know, U.S. Agent is giving is putting up a pretty good fight and then uh, eventually they get the upper hand and get the shield back and break US agent's arm um so falcon leaves torres his broken wings i have written down here and i th- i've seen a lot of th- murmurs online of like oh this is going to cuz i guess this character becomes uh, like the new falcon i i don't know if he's just called the falcon or if he has some other name but he in the but in the comics he's like a mutant and he's like actually like a bird man or something i don't know i don't know if they're gonna go there but but yeah i, I read that too i missed those issues i had no <laughs> idea there was another falcon in the comics so <laughs> so i think at, at, at the very least this is like a nod to that oh this is he has the wings he's might be kind of yeah. taking on the mantle there of the falcon since by the end of the this season uh, it's uh, Sam is no longer the Falcon. He is Captain America. So, so there's an opening for the Falcon. Uh, well, name, it does raise the question though. Like, <laughs> whose wings are these? Yeah, like are, are are they the governments? Are they um, Tony Stark's? Are they the Wakandans? Like, who who actually built and owns these wings? Because for him to just be like, you can keep them. It's yeah. like, can he? Yeah, like- that was the, well, and it's kind of funny because then we have the Val character later on saying. Yeah, it's not really the the shield doesn't really belong to the government. It's kind of a gray area. I feel like this whole show is just all gray area, and not in necessarily a good way. Where it's like, oh, that really makes you think. It's more like I don't know what's going on, and I don't know that the show knows what's going on in terms of like who really owns this stuff or who you know who it reports to who or whatever. It's kind of uh-huh. it's been murky the whole time. But yeah, I don't know that it was his. He could just give them away. I think there are. I would assume it's military property, and I think it was like in, invented by Tony Stark. But 
but used by the by the military. But I, I have no idea. That would be my guess. Well, because because in the in, in a Winter Soldier movie in the movie, you know, he mentions that he used to be a soldier, mm-hmm. and that he had he was like part of this paratroop yeah. yeah that used these wings and so he goes and gets them so presumably the government had a set of them because it, it doesn't it, but like you know also presumably like he joins the avengers and gets like more customized ones like uh, it's is how i would infer so yeah. but then you know at the beginning of the series he's working for the military but then later he tells u.s agent like oh we can do things you can't because we're not part of yeah. the government like it just um was very unclear to me <laughs> I, yeah, I have no idea. Apparently, uh, Sam and Bucky can just do whatever they want. That's what the show has like told me. It's like they can just they have whatever jurisdiction they want to have. Is kind of what it seems like. Well, well, I I guess it, it may relate to the Sokovia Accords, right? Like the Sokovia Accords were like if you register with the government, you can do super heroics, but it has to be with like government permission. Yeah. But I mean, which is funny because uh, Sam, you know, re- uh, rebelled against that, so now he's working for them yeah uh, but it, it it maybe is one of those things where like kind of like bounty hunters you know like in our society like mm. a bounty hunter is not a cop yeah. like they don't act they're not actually law enforcement but if you register as a bounty hunter you can go and like pursue wanted criminals yeah. and and use force against them to to bring them back in so maybe that's what the avengers are or people who sign up for the sokovia course like you you can go do things that are you know as as long as we're as long as we don't tell you no, you can go do these things. But but we can tell you no at any time to stop. Yeah. So I don't well, know. then they do they do point out. I don't remember the exact dialogue, but uh, once U.S. agent does kill somebody, you know Sam is kind of off the case now. It's like oh, the government took it over. You know whatever he says. So clearly they can. There's some sort of authority that can tell him no, you're off of. You're not doing this anymore. So who knows what exactly yeah. how exactly that works, but. Yeah. Uh, anyway, well, maybe we'll just jump around because uh, that the wings thing also made me think of man the the Wakandans are great allies to have. If you just need any sort of tech, they're like, sure, here you go. And I know Bucky's like, I, I, I'm going to phone in a a, uh, a favor. What favor do the Wakandans own? Oh, Bucky. Like, didn't wasn't the haven't they more than repaid anything by like taking him in and hi, hiding him as a fugitive in Wakanda and then giving him a super new arm because he lost his old arm and like I I, I oh and also deprogramming him, oh right? and deprogramming his, yeah how could yeah, I forget that yeah, but, like so all the like I think I mean. I think Bucky owes them some favors, not like let me phone in a favor. And I'm sure maybe they would be willing to help anyway, uh, but I just thought that was kind of funny. Um, and I, I mean, and with Tony Stark not around anymore, I guess they're like the new like tech, who you go to for tech. Uh, and maybe the show didn't want to spend a lot of time on it. Like, we just need to get them a new suit. The Wakandans have already been in the show. <laughs> they're going to give them a new, a new suit. Well, but what a, what, what a favor to call into. It's, like, it's not like, oh, let me call in a little favor. It's like, no, let me, let me get probably a, a billion dollars. Suit. I mean, that those were vibranium wings. Yeah. It's a hyper mobile advanced jet pack. I mean it, that that's you know that's 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 got to be like a billion dollar system, which makes it all the more um, of a contrast that like you know like it's like hey Wakanda's can you also throw in like a, a you know some a, a bank loan so I can <laughs> yeah. help my sister out? Yeah, <laughs> he should have sold his old wings. He could have got so now that you're you're mentioning that like he could have got some money for those and how yeah, here you go uh, here's some money I sold these the, these wings and uh, now you can 
you don't need the bank loan anymore. But yeah, that's true. <laughs> I didn't think of it that way. Uh, yeah, it was kind of. I mean, the the one reason I it, it works for me a little bit is that at the and again, I've only seen these movies once, so if I misstate something, I apologize. But basically, at the at the end of Black Panther the Wakandans are like opening themselves up to the world. And they're like, okay, now we're going to be part of the world. We're going to help. We're going to be here. And I guess that's, so that's kind of what I, okay. They know, I, I, I don't, I honestly still don't know if like Sam and Winter Soldier are still Avengers, but let's assume they're Avengers like people and they know they've worked with the Avengers before. They do good work. Okay. You need our help. We know if we help you, you're going to be helping others. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're cool with it, but yeah, you're, that's a, that's a very, uh, you know, very nice gift, especially since it's like, and they did like the Captain America look to it. Like they took like, you know, a special, uh, you know, request. It was, it's not like they're like the Bucky arm looks like Wakanda tech, but they're like, okay, let's make, let's make it look like Captain America. So they're, they, it wasn't even a gift. It was like, you know, we're going to do a, a total custom job for you. And now you're Captain America. Like they, it's kind of like they decided we're going to, we're going to do this for you. So it was pretty, pretty over the top. But anyway, um, <laughs> So uh, I will say, actually, on that note, one last piece. I do remember in um, Endgame, the um, who was it? One of, one of the Wakandans was was part of the Avengers. Remember, there's that scene where they're all coordinating with Captain Marvel, like what everyone's patrolling their sectors and everything. Mm. So, so I guess I, I guess you know, and Black Panther. I mean, he was basically an Avenger too. Like, yeah. So it it so I guess they do have a connection to the Avengers. So yeah, I think there's definitely a connection. It's just like. I think I think the show just needed him to have a new suit, and the Wakandans were there, and that kind of made sense. I just thought it was kind of funny that like, who decided to make his suit basically Captain? Was Bucky like, oh, and by the way, make it look like a Captain America suit because that'll be really cool? Or were the Wakandans like, let's just make this look like Captain America because that'll be cool? <laughs> like somebody decided. You know, we're not just going to make this kind of a more generic looking suit. Anyway, we spent too much time on it. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, just kind of, I'm just going, I'm just going free form here. Uh, so now that, he, now I'm in six, so we can just jump around. Um, I'm giving up on our more linear discussion. So, so he has his new suit, um, which is, pro- you know, even better tech than he had before. It's vibranium, like you said, so nobody's probably going to be ripping his wings off like U.S. Agent did. So he goes, at, you know, so now I'm in towards the kind of end of episode six. He goes in and he fights Batroc, who's back, and he's leap. He's doing leaping <laughs> kicks. Now that I know he's the leaper, I need to watch. The leaper, now you, I need to watch yeah. for those. Like, oh, look at those leaping <laughs> kicks. <laughs> look at him leap so much. <laughs> so... So anyway, we have this this fight between uh, Sam and uh, Batroc, and I'm like, this whole show, I've been loving the Falcon and all his cool uses of his wings and thruster in these battle scenes, and now he's just like, I granted he has the shield now, and maybe he's trying to, maybe that's throwing off his 
mojo he's trying to work the shield in more to his combat but it's like they're just like exchanging punches it's like just take this fool out why aren't you using your wings and your super new tech that you have and then at the very end he decides to use it and that's what kind of overcomes Patrock as he like pushes him out the window or something i don't even remember but it's like what are you doing just like why is this even a fight you like this guy doesn't have any powers or special suit or anything but you're choo- you're fighting on his level use your your tech that that was my nitpick for that one well and i gotta say i mean i i get the shield is caps thing and and he's captain america now but you you got wings you got missiles yeah. <laughs> you got, like like it it does seem you know with cap you just buy it because it's his thing yeah. but when you got a, a, a this 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 vibranium wingsuit like why don't you just um, hover and shoot people at range instead <laughs> of using a shield and doing melee combat yeah. with them? Yeah, it was weird. It was weird. It was almost like they wanted to give. I I do agree. Maybe it was kind of more like a a a nod to what a a normal cap uh, a previous Captain America fight would have looked like because it would have been much more of a brawl. Maybe that was kind of what they were going for there. But it almost kind of felt like, oh, we got to give Batroc some like love here. We got to show that he can yeah. hold his own. It's like, no, we don't. Nobody cares about this guy. Like, why are we giving him like he can stand a chance? Like, no, let's move on. Uh, I, I will say that it was cool the things he did with the shield. You know, having just dissed on the shield with the suit. Like, it was cool the things he did. Like, when he throws it from out the building and then jetpacks in. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. The, the moves he has with, with, the, with the... I mean, it, it looks cool. I... Like I'm not dissing the way the show did it. It looked cool and it was it was neat fight scenes. It's just it's just one of those things where if you think about it for five seconds, you'd be like, I, I can fly. Why would I ever engage people in hand to hand combat? <laughs> yeah, well, especially since he doesn't My- have superpowers, and I don't think the suit gives him super straight. I mean, he could use it in ways that give him advantage, like when he's pulling, he's holding the like armored truck. And, but he's using the thrusters to do it. So there's things that kind of mimic super strength, but he doesn't have super strength. I, I really like the scene where he's fighting. I think it was it was um, the Flag Smasher, and she uh, and he she she he has a shield. She punches him really hard, and he uses the wings mm-hmm. to ground himself yeah. because she's so much stronger. Yeah. I was like, that's a cool use of the wings. Yeah, yeah like because he's not a superhuman, but that 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 the wings give him sort of the. The, the weight to resist uh, being completely knocked off off of balance it was like so I, I they I mean they did think through some practical uses of of, of that kind of tech yeah. which I, I really did enjoy it's um, it's just kind of funny to be <laughs> <laughs> you know in enclosed spaces the shield and the wings make sense but for the most part like it's like the I mean you, you should have some range weaponry dude your whole adva- your whole advantage is like mobility and 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 flying yeah so so i want to jump back to episode five real quick because we're talking about him using the shield so i'd have to say one of my it's hard it's hard to i was going to say a nitpick or something that i thought didn't totally work but i don't know it's hard because in some ways this show feels like a six-part movie but it feels like a movie, if it was a movie that was more like a two-hour movie, they would have taken some stuff out. Um, so sometimes, like, so episode five from for me had the most feeling like there's some filler going on than I've noticed in in other episodes. And it feels like, like they padded it out so they could have an episode. Uh, I thought it was funny that 
they have two shield training scenes they have the first one where like it's bucky and sam and they're kind of throwing it around together and they're both doing it and that's a nice scene because it has a nice conversation between sam and bucky and sam again i love that they're leaning into this character this character's ability with words and with um with helping people in that way and like this is like kind of tying it back to um his history with you know counseling uh, uh soldiers and so he basically tells you know bucky you're you've been doing these things to ha- to help yourself feel better you need to help these other people feel better and i thought it was a really nice scene and it kind of was a sam and bucky kind of making amends i guess and um uh, and then bucky going off to make amends with uh, other people um, but you know it was also a shield training scene it's like okay that's the scene where we see that uh, Sam is using to is learning to use the shield and then there's another <laughs> shield training scene later in the episode where he's doing it again except now he's flipping and stuff and I, t- I was watching with my wife and I was like you know I, assuming it was the actual actor maybe it was like uh uh it, you know his just stunt double or something but I was like I have it's like the actor like took gymnastics when he was a kid or something and he was like we got to do this like you got to have me flipping and stuff because i know how to do this i've been i've been relearning it i've been i'm in really great shape and i I don't want to just throw the shield around i want to throw it and then do a a somersault and a flip and i was like all right fine and it was just it was just kind of funny but uh it was a good montage (laughs) yeah but it was it was it was a good montage though i did like all the training and everything and seeing it just you know we've talked about like he isn't a super soldier right like he doesn't have a serum or anything and and um i mean it still kind of stretches credibility that a regular human could do the stuff Cap did, but yeah. but at least they show you they show him earning it, right? Like the show's not just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be Captain America. It's like, okay, I'm gonna use the shield. Like I gotta figure out how to do that. Like that's not something yeah. you just like do pick up the shield and do. Yeah, well, at least they're uh, consistent too with uh, you know because the U.S. agent when he was Captain America, he didn't have or he originally didn't have powers either, and he was able to use the shield. So at least they're consistent with like non-superpowered people can use the shield in a way that like a superpowered person can't. I mean, I think the idea there is that it's a vibranium shield, and so it can. That's why it bounces off of things because it's absorbing energy or whatever. But like the just the accuracy that a normal person is is throwing this thing with is like is not totally believable but whatever we'll we'll let it slide maybe he's using his super goggles to tell him like exactly the angle he you know you can you can make stuff up to make it work uh, <laughs> I, I, speaking of super goggles he still doesn't have a helmet wakandans give the dude a helmet he didn't have a helmet yep. in his original suit he's flying He's flying around at super fast speeds. His he- the top of his head is completely exposed, and now he's Captain America. There is a history of Captain America having a helmet. Now it's a perfect yeah. opportunity to give him a helmet. Yet still no helmet. I know it like looks like it does in the comic, from what I've seen. So I obviously they're being true to the comic. The I was shocked they went for the exact comic adaptation. You know, yeah. normally the Mar- MCU adapts things, but like they that seemed to be pretty like almost like one-to-one like copied from the comics yeah. i was i was really surprised by that yeah i have i haven't read them but i yeah i've seen the the image from the comics and it looks to looks to me very close but get get the guy a helmet come on 
Give him a helmet. That ca- cap- the other Captain Americas have a helmet, and they didn't fly around on jetpacks. So this guy needs a helmet. Um, so speaking of episode five and kind of like and maybe a little slower pacing, um, I did like the this, this scene. That, I mean, it was kind of a longer sequence of like them fixing the boat. It kind of made me... It kind of made me wish the the show had that a little bit more of that tone throughout because it opens the opening sequence with Falcon, uh, you know, at the very beginning, ha- having that cool fight and flight sequence, and the first episode in general. I thought it was going to be a maybe a little bit lighter tone, and I kind of like that they went back to like. This is about family and friendship and community, and we're coming together. We're fixing the boat. It has like like a sequence with music and stuff, like like lively music. I just kind of like that. Like it felt like a reprieve from some of the darker moments. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I would have been okay if the whole show was a little lighter. I mean, I get it. You you know, I think sometimes Mar- Marvel wants to not have the the reputation that they don't take things seriously or they can't use their movies to talk about serious topics and things like that. But I don't know. I kind of, at least I like that sequence where it was a little bit lighter and, you know, where you could see like, Oh, people, I guess what I'm saying is like this, in this post blip world where everything is kind of dour and dark and for good reasons. And the previous, the movies previous to this, like they're fighting to save like half of the sentient life in the, in the universe. I mean, it's all very heavy stuff. And I like that there's moments, you know, where like, Oh, people are still people. They're still managing to find community and happiness. And like, I don't know. I liked, I liked it. And I would have, I would have been fine if it had a little bit more of that in the show, but I, I mean, maybe it's hard to, you know, juxtapose those things. Um, so let's see. Uh, so what are, what are your takes on the Val character? I'm not going to be able to say her whole name, but so you have Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah. <laughs> and she's in there. That surprised me. I was surprised. I, I, uh, I, I was like, wait, is it? Julia Lewis Dreyfus? Is that what? Yeah. <laughs> is this a crossover with V? What's going on? <laughs> um, I had to look her up. The character uh, apparently, like a lot of fans, knew who she was. I, I yeah, I didn't. Know. Again, I, I just I have gaps in my comic book knowledge that um, I was more of an X Men, Batman guy. So like the Avengers stuff, like I mean, I, I knew the major stuff, but I didn't really follow a lot of the series yeah. uh, back when I was reading comics more actively. Um, so I, I wasn't familiar with her, but it looks like it looks like they're setting up. Like a new Hydra type agency. Mm-hmm. That 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 seems to be the obvious one because I guess her in the comics she was part of Leviathan, which was like sort of the Russian Hydra, uh, okay, or something like that. Um, but there's also speculation. Um, actually, this is speculation. I've I've been talking to other people in person, uh, or sorry, like people I know personally with with um, among us, like that maybe they're setting up a Thunderbolts uh-huh. team. Uh, you know, like kind of you know. Because I think Zemo in the comics, I think he originally forms Thunderbolts. Forms Thunderbolts. Yeah. So like you've got Zemo now in the show, you've got U.S. Agent, um, and then the Contessa can be sort of someone who brings in other people. Like it would be cool if like they do like a Thunderbolts either TV show or movie, yeah. where you bring over in these, you know, the comics most of them are villains who now dress up as superheroes. Yeah. But it'd be kind of neat if it was a little more gray than that in the MCU. Like U.S. You know, agent like, could be in the Thunderbolts. Like U.S. Yeah. agent, like if it was like just like these sort of gray characters who, um, 
kind of like a different take on Suicide Squad in DC, right? Like yeah. they're they're like not good people, but they're doing good things. And this this one, this one, I w- I would almost reverse it. They're people who think they're good uh-huh. who do bad things. That would be a neat take, right? Yeah. Like the Thunderbolts, like <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that is cool. Th- yeah, because that you know because yeah. both U.S. Agent and Zemo would fit into that. Uh, and then other characters. And I'm sure. I'm sure Marvel is all for like, oh, we have all these characters from other things. Let's yeah, let's give them a show. Like they they're up for making more shows. I'm sure. And I really like. I mean, I, I think Zemo is my favorite MCU villain now. And 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 uh, US Agent Two had a great arc here. And I I would I would like to see more of them. Yeah. And I would like to see more of them in that sort of um, morally ambiguous way. Yeah. I, I think they work so well as figures who think they're the heroes of their own story. Yeah. Even even as sort of the actual heroes of the story see them as villains, I think I think that's just such a cool way to design these villains and present them. Yeah, and and I would like to see more stories with them acting like that. Um, you know, speaking of Zemo, I liked his send off. I thought I thought the way he they sent him off was was really appropriate. Where Bucky finds him, yeah. you know, in, in a very obvious place. Yeah, and and Zemo is just like I don't. You know, I don't hold any grudges to you, man. Like you can, you know, I checked my name off your list. We're good. And then, and he thinks he's, and he thinks he's going to be murdered by by Winter Soldier. He says all that, thinking that Winter Soldier's going to murder him. Yeah. And then the Wakandans show up, and you're like, oh, they're going to murder him. <laughs> and then they're like, no, we're sending him to the raft. And it's like, oh, it's like that's where he should have been in the first place. I don't know why he was at this like low scale prison <laughs> earlier that he was very easily able to escape from, but. Although I will say, you know, I, yes, I think that is where he belongs and, and it fits. Although I will say the MCU version of the raft is it's kind of messed up. Like it's a prison designed for super beings. But I mean, starting with with the very first time we saw it, they just send ordinary people like they sent Hawkeye. Remember uh-huh. there? <laughs> yeah, I don't totally understand, <laughs> even understand what it is other than like these are where the really dangerous who we think are dangerous people go. But yeah, another sending Zemo there. I, th- I mean, it's supposed to be like, you know. I think if I remember correctly in the comics, there's like power dampening too and everything, uh-huh. but it's also like underwater. So like there literally is no escape. Yeah. Um, okay. So I don't know. Maybe it's just like the maximum security prison for superpowered people and anyone else we really hate. <laughs> yeah. <fear> getting out. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they clearly underestimated his butler who's still at yes. large and took out <laughs> the remaining flag smashers. I thought that was kind of funny. So I, you know, I don't. I wonder what you think of this, Dave. When 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 the butler came out in that episode, you know, Zemo shows up, and they're like, "You got a private jet?" And he's like, "Did you think the Baron was only a title?" And it's like, "Well, we didn't think anything because you've never called yourself Baron in the MCU." <laughs> um, but I I have to say, I think one of the reasons I like Zemo so much is, to me, he's a Batman, who like like he's Batman. He's MCU Batman. But instead of like having his parents murdered as a kid and that turning him to a life of crime fighting, he like becomes like some special age, you know, some secret operative for his government, and then one day watches like the Justice League, you know, basically kill his family as collateral damage. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've seen many stories in DC where Batman has either has contingency plans for the Justice League or actually has to fight the Justice League. Mm-hmm. And 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 to me, the way they've done Zemo in the MCU, which maybe this, I think this is why I think he's so cool, is like he's basically a Batman, but whose motive, whose like origin story is, oh hey, the Justice League 
you know, they just kind of destroyed my country and killed my family while they were fighting some super being. Yeah. And because like everything about, I mean, he's, he's got the brains with Batman. He's, he's got the wealth. He's got the Butler who can <laughs> apparently do special ops <laughs> and, and he's got the honor, right? Like he's got the sense of honor and like, um, maybe Marvel fair play. Maybe Marvel was like, well, if the DC cinematic universe isn't going to have, an interesting Batman. We'll just make our own version uh, and do that. Because, yeah. you know, Batman's one of my favorite characters. And I've had no... I, I mean, I like the the Nolan movies. I thought those were pretty good. Although I would argue... And I haven't seen the newer ones because they haven't seemed very interesting to me. Even the Nolan ones, as good as like the movies can be, like The Dark Knight, I would still argue Batman hasn't been done uh, like to his full po- potential in a movie. Like even though, like mm-hmm. the Dark Knight, everyone thinks of the Joker. Like, like mm-hmm. I still think there's a lot of more you can do with the, the actual Batman character. Maybe the next one will will do that because it's. I guess it's supposed to be more of a detective type story or something. I don't know. We'll see how it how it goes. But anyway, uh, I don't want to get on the ten. No, you know on that note, I think what they haven't done, what, what you're getting at, and why I like Zemo. What the Batman movies haven't done, I don't think any Batman movie has done this well, is made him into a master detective. Yeah. Right? Like, like they get the fact that he's a ninja. They get the fact that he has cool gadgets. Um, and, and they even get the, – uh, some of them even get get it right that, like, he's a good planner. But, like, they don't actually show or, or even present problems where, like, he has to use this, like, brilliant strategic mind to, like, deconstruct a situation and solve yeah. it. And I feel like Zemo – I mean, both in the movie um, Civil War and in the series, I mean, it's it's not a detective in the classical sense, but he kind of is. Like, the reason they bring him in, right, yeah. is like, hey, we've got a mystery. There's a serum out there. We don't know who released it. And, and Zemo basically is like, no problem. I'll figure it out. And he, like, uses his detective skills. And his I dancing mean, right? skills. Like, yeah, his investigation skills and, and figures it out pretty quickly. And it's like, Hmm. That's what Batman should be doing in his story. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's harder in Justice League to give Batman those kinds of things to do because it's like, oh, well, we just want to get to some superheroes fighting supervillains or something. But but when it's a standalone movie, there's less an excuse. Like, can we have like an actual like film noir detective movie or something? So mm-hmm. uh, that's what I'd like to see. I don't know. Maybe the next one will be more like that. Uh, so you brought up kind of U.S. agent and his arc. I have to say I was pleasantly surprised with the use of U.S. agent. Not that I know the character that well. I When they first introduced him and they're kind of like showing him like, oh, you know, he's maybe has doubts or he's kind of, you know, he's not an out and out villain. But, and I, I like that, but that was kind of more the under the assumption that he's going to become the more overt out and out villain. It's like, okay, at least they're giving him a little bit of shades of gray at the beginning because by the end of it, he's going to be like a capital V villain. And I like that he wasn't by the end of it. I like that, um, that like you said, he still thinks he's the hero of his, his story. And they have that, that moment, that very clear moment where uh, Carly is running away, but she set the, the armor truck with the the um, uh, the politicians inside, and it's kind of careening over the edge. And he like looks at her and looks at the truck, and he decides to try to save the people because he still 
wants to be a hero. He still wants to do the, the right thing, even though his sense of revenge is probably telling him he should go after the uh, after Carly. So I like that there there's moments there, and he's helping fight the Flag Smashers at the end. He's kind of like sort of an ally at the end, and he's kind of like even dorky. He's doing the quote the quote from uh, uh, Lincoln quote at the end, and then when he gets his new suit. And you're, you know, like I, I was expecting it more to be like I am a villain by the end of it. But he gets yeah. his new suit, and he's like, he's like a dork. He's like, I'm back, I'm back. He's like a kid who's dressing up yeah. for Halloween. And like I yeah. thought that was much more interesting than just making him a straight villain. And in fact, it makes it even more disappointing that they didn't do something more like that with the Flag Smashers and Carly in particular. Yeah. We're like, why did Carly have to be like a cold-blooded killer? I mean, granted, we see U.S. agent kill somebody, so I'm not saying he didn't do that. But you, there still seems to be more interesting layers there with U.S. agent. I think they want us to feel that way towards Carly because you see Sam is kind of heartbroken about her death at the end. And like he's kind of like, you're calling these people terrorists, but what do they think? what do you think they call you she you know all these people believed in her because she had a point you know what you know i'm paraphrasing um but it's hard to get over the fact that she has these moments where she's like screw it we're gonna kill people like i'm gonna kill all these politicians i'm gonna blow up this building with with these people inside and like it's hard to like ha feel like you're very gray when you're doing those sorts of things those seems like seem like more evil things that it's a little hard to come back from and it's kind of the same thing that she kind of had. They kind of did with her what they did with Killmonger. If you remember, people really like Killmonger as a villain, and like, oh, you know, you're kind of like, oh, maybe he has a point. Maybe he should be mad about this, right? And but then, they, like, I haven't again. I've only seen the movie once. But doesn't he like kill his girlfriend, or he does something where you're like, whoa, okay, I guess this yeah. guy is just yeah. evil. He does bad stuff. Yeah. I mean, like that makes it, it makes it easy to root for him, which I, I thought was a cop out in that film too. Yeah, I mean, it's it was... the same kind of thing. We're like, okay, well, these are our villains, so we have to make them. We have to be able to hate them by the end of it, so that when they get conquered, you know, we can feel like the good guys won. And it's, I, I think it's still a little disappointing, both with uh, Killmonger and then with Carly in this one. That I, I think they could have done something a little bit more interesting, but. Well, especially because Carly's arc – Killmonger's a great comparison because her arc is the same in that the, the, the struggle between her and the hero and, and Killmonger and the hero is, is, is not really a physical one, right? It's an ideological one. Mm -hmm. and, and in both shows, the villains have a point. I mean, Killmonger is is ultimately proven right. Like, like T'Challa ultimately is like, yeah, we should open up and engage the world and help people. And, and in this one too, Sam's speech at the end is basically like, hey, 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 like – you know, she she wasn't a terrorist. Like she actually had a good point here, and you should listen to it. And it, it it's just kind of as I appreciate that in both Black Panther and in the series, they acknowledge that these villains, these these people, um, uh, these antagonists, I guess, had good points. Mm -hmm. But I feel like both of them do a disservice to to their own message by making them so clearly evil in their actions mm -hmm. and it would have been it would have been far more interesting if you know the fight here at the end had had ended up being a lethal one 
but we hadn't seen that, you know, mm-hmm. but but it, but a tragic one. Yeah. Like it, it was hard to feel sorry for her when she was ready to kill him, yeah. right? Like it's like like I mean whatever Sharon's motivations were, like from Sam's perspective it was like, yeah, she I mean, she was going to kill me so she had to die, like. Yeah. Um and I just feel like it would have been it would have been uh, 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 the resolution would have been more challenging to the viewer yeah. and, and more thought provoking if if it hadn't been so easy if she hadn't gone on this murderous rampage at the end. I feel like you know speaking on that day I feel like and I've been reading I've been reading online there's speculation that that there were supposed to be more episodes oh, huh. um, and COVID curtailed that and I have to say I, I really enjoy the show I a fantastic show I think it's my favorite MCU thing so. It's fine as it is, but I, I, I there's two things in particular that make me feel something was missing. One is Carly's arc. I feel like that we missed something because, you know, uh, U.S. Agent gets his motivation, which is Battlestar dies, yeah. right? Like Battlestar is killed in front of him, and that's a very compelling motivation. However much we might disagree with what he does after, yeah. it's understandable. Whereas Carly's motivation is – Oh, they rounded up some of my followers. Like, am, am I, I? I don't think I'm misremembering that. I think that's what like provokes yeah. her to like be like, we gotta escalate this so they listen to us. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, like, okay, maybe they're violating their civil rights, but like, that's that's not like, let's go murder innocent people, right? Like, uh, uh, innocent in the sense that like they're not like hurting you or trying to kill you or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like the show, and the other, and the other thing the show seems to have missed. And this is to me, to the extent I have a, a criticism of the show, I think its biggest flaw was Power Broker's arc. Ugh. And by that I mean there was no Power Broker arc. No. It was it was very bizarre. Like they they tease it as a mystery for the first half of the season. And then these last two episodes, it's like assumed that we know who it is. Like it's not even a big reveal, yeah. really. And I feel like there was an episode missing. <laughs> the Power Broker <laughs> where episode we, where a power broker where we episode. see like yeah, where we- why is Sharon actually doing this? Like I, 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 the whole arc doesn't doesn't work, but specifically Sharon as the power broker to me just totally mm-hmm. falls flat. And I mean, again, maybe she's not the most like well established character, so there's room there to kind of do something with her. But my thought is that she's basically an ally of the Avengers, so she's like a a quasi avenger she doesn't have superpowers but she helps them she got in trouble by like if, from what i remember giving like the shield and wings back to falcon and captain america and the idea here is so she was very pro let's help the world i'm yeah. doing my, what i can for my government and for the larger world by helping the avengers etc then she's so she's kind of on the wrong side of the law she's on the kind of steve rogers side where they kind of go on the run or whatever and but she never gets welcomed back in right so that's kind of her motivation like oh you guys left me out to dry and blah 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 it's like okay yeah i granted that that sucks but there was a blip for five years which apparently she was blipped is what people are saying online there's like a in one of the movies you could see her picture on like a uh like a screen that's of people who have disappeared but maybe she just did such a good job of hiding that that's not the truth that she people just assumed she blipped but she really was so far underground but even if she was 
even if she wasn't blipped, for five years, the the entire world is dealing with like serious trauma of like half of their loved ones gone missing and trying to build back the the world with all of these missing people these dead people not even missing like everybody assumes that they're dead and never coming back like it's i can't even fathom what that would actually be like in the real world if half of everybody was just gone so what i'm saying is like whatever she experienced in those five years is it really that much worse than what everybody else in the world is going through I just don't buy her motivation to be like, I am now betraying everybody who I used to uh, respect and work with because you guys left me out to dry. And then she gets what she wants. And instead of being like, okay, this is maybe I'm now on a path of like forgiveness and I can, you know, kind of come back into the fold and, you know, help you guys again. She's like, I'm going to start selling secrets. The only thing that that would make that makes this work for me as if she's a scroll, which is some of the, which I've seen yeah. as a thing online. There's apparently going to be a secret invasion show, right? Like a scroll show. That's, apparently, yeah, yeah. So this could be setting the stage for that. They kind of nod to it. She has like the the mask that makes her look like a, a man, which is why I guess the, everybody thought the power oh, broker yeah, was a man. Yeah. And she's like, Hey, where are you going? And then she pulls off the mask and it's her. And that's kind of a, could be like a nod to, Oh, she's a scroll or maybe it's a red herring uh, to throw us off the okay. track. I don't know. But if she turns out to be a scroll, then I would forgive this like seemingly drastic change of her character. Or maybe there's more that happened in those in those years that we didn't see like the missing episode you know that you're you know suggesting uh, but i just didn't buy it i'm like i don't buy that you're this like villain now and it just fell flat for me well and that yeah, that's that's it, that's it exactly i feel like if if i had written this missing episode i would have made it a flashback episode to when she and carly did did business yeah right like why how did she get in touch with carly why did she decide to put this you know, ideological activists um, and her and her friends. Why did she decide to give give them or or, or give them access to the serum? Um, you know, what brought Carly to her? What what was her ultimate plan with all that? And 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 also somehow explain too. It it, it makes um, the episode where they're in Madripoor very strange in hindsight. Mm-hmm. Where Sharon basically leads them to the scientist who does who, the who serum, pre- who is presumably is going to make her more serum than which is what she wants. Yeah, yeah, and lets him get blasted, and then she has a street fight with all these thugs who, I guess in hindsight, are her thugs. I don't. <laughs> I, and then she just I, so because you know I thought I thought her plan was to like let them um, let them think they had gotten you know the information they needed and then she would follow them or whoever power broker was at that time, which, which we suspected might be her, but then use them to then follow their trail to Carly. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, but, but again, why would you let the scientist die? Why would you stage this whole gunfight that no one's watching? Yeah. They're in the building. Couldn't they just like hang out like, <laughs> okay guys, you know, maybe punch me. So I have like a bruise or something. Uh, let's fire some yeah. guns in the air. So they hear some gunshots <laughs> right. and then we'll, then I'll keep, keep my cover. So I, I feel like like that whole power broker thing. I don't I don't know what they were trying to do with it now, um, and I just wish there had been an episode to flesh that out. I think I think that's my biggest critique of the series. Other than that, I mean, 
to the extent I have nitpicks or problems with it, I, I think they were fine, and, and ultimately I really enjoyed the show. But I do feel that, that the Power Broker arc in general and, and Sharon's treatment in particular, um, just something was missing, and, and I wish we knew what it was. It's that she's a scroll. That's what's it's missing. She's a scroll. Uh, then I'd be fine. She better be a scroll. Is all I'm saying. Or maybe like she's on the phone with somebody. Maybe whoever she's on the phone with is like the really big bad, and she's just working with them. Even then, it doesn't really make sense to well, me. Well, they'll have to link her to the Contessa, I imagine, right? I mean, or are they totally unrelated too? Okay, like, so seems, who's kind of like who? What is Contessa's? I, I didn't understand. Like she were. I get that that she has this. Like she might be like the the Russian version of Hydra or whatever. So I get that she's like a mole or secret agent or something, but like, what is her cover? What does she do? She had like the blank business card. There's nothing on it, but like, she's just walking around at like, who do people think she is? Like, that's what I didn't understand. Like who, what is your cover role? Like that lets you just do whatever you want. I, I didn't get it. Well, so this is another nitpick. Well, this is more real critique, I guess. Uh, they kept reusing that stage, the the, um, oh, the government hearing chamber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's funny. <laughs> and 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 at first it was like, okay, that that's fine. But at the, the last scene with the U.S. agent, where they're all just there, and she gives him his costume, it's like, why are you guys meeting here? This is empty. <laughs> it's like. This is strange. This is just a really odd location to come do a costume change, a wardrobe change, um, unless she had. And, and so presumably, unless she calls him U.S. agent, it's like, I mean, does that mean something coming from you? Like, yeah. U.S. agent, does that mean you work for the U.S. government? Yeah. And you're dubbing him your agent, or is that just a cute name you gave him to make him feel good, but you haven't revealed anything yet? I don't yeah. know. It was. It was just kind of That's, weird. That. That points to like kind of my main critique of the of the series it's there's just things that i don't understand but it's not like i don't understand because i feel like the show doesn't want me to understand yet or it's like there's mysteries to be unraveled in the future it's just like i just get a sense that the show doesn't have a total handle on what it's telling us like all the time like it doesn't really know all the answers and that's fine like i i think people get too high expectations like the there's human beings writing these things. So that's the kind of the downside with some, when it is like a show. Like if this was a movie, you would, you would just be wrapped up in it and then it would be over. And like maybe in hindsight, right. you would have some thoughts and like, oh, I didn't understand this. Or maybe they could have done this differently or whatever. But, you know, you already seen the whole thing. Whereas when it's like once a week, you really start getting your brain wrapped around certain details that seem important but oh i guess that well, that wasn't important and you know so it's so that's kind of the downside to having it a, a weekly release is people give way too much thought it's like lost the lost uh yeah. kind of syndrome where everybody everybody's ideas they come up with are going to be better to them than whatever the writers are yeah. going to come up with right? but those they're professional writers sure but they're still people trying to come up with a compelling story they're going to make mistakes they're going to come like ha have wrong steps and things like that and like i just but i just generally got a feeling that they don't everything's not totally aligned here in terms of like making complete sense of what everybody's roles are and you know but whatever it's kind of doesn't i, I think that's absolutely right it's funny you say that I, I think i think as a movie we would have just been like that was cool that was a good story that was great acting but when you have these week to week to think about it, you're like, huh, that didn't make sense. Or what about this? Or they didn't. And, and the reason, you know, I was watching, my kids were watching uh, Empire Strikes Back the other day for the first mm -hmm. time. And I sat down and was watching parts of it with them. 
And, and you know, Empire Strikes Back, classic movie on its own, widely regarded as the best Star Wars movie. But if, if you actually watch it and think about what is happening, mm-hmm. there are so many gaps of logic. Uh-huh. <laughs> In Star Wars? Um, no way. No way. But it's just like like the Empire invades this planet, and they're like, oh, they've got a shield, so we can't bombard it. Okay, send the AT-AT walkers. And it's like... How did they what? get through the shield? Like, Is that what you thought? How do, well, and they can walk. Okay, they can walk through the shields, but like, you have like, how many star destroyers do you have there? Like, do you really need a ground invasion? Like, it's do a siege. Like, these shield generators can't last forever. Uh-huh. Um, but okay, we need that scene where they fight, and then like you see like, and then you see the rebels, and they come out, and and I'd forgotten this part. They, you know, they come out, all the rebels and hot on the hot base, they come out, and they they get their guns ready, and they kind of line up in a trench line. Uh-huh. Like, they're in a trench yeah. line. And it looks really cool. <laughs> and you're like, okay, cool. But all you see from the Imperials is the ATAT walkers, which are invulnerable to, like, small arms fire. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> and- like that. the uh, where, where Last Jedi was at this... Yes, where they're like on that planet and they're like in a trench like what is going on and 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 there's no reason for them to be in the trench because again they literally can't do anything against the atat walkers they should all just be hopping on transport ships and that's the other part they all hop on transport ships and again there's the the empire has the planet surrounded but somehow they're able to escape and and at first they're like oh we time these ion shots against the star destroyers and that gives us the window it's like okay but then everyone just like gets out and it's like (laughs) okay fine um you know I'm, I'm being super nitpicky here but i think the parts that the but then the rest of the movie i'm not going to make this an empire strikes back review <laughs> but if you just look at the movie the timing and sequence of stuff um of like how how like the millennium falcon where it goes and how it goes to places and then luke's time in dagobah and what's the time period of his training everything none of it actually really makes much sense so you hate the most <laughs> beloved star wars movie is what i'm taking from this well thank goodness on hot it. the the uh, little ships had those grappling hooks and wires because if they didn't have those, they would have been in real serious trouble. <laughs> Who knows what else they use them for? Because it's just snow <laughs> there. I don't know what you're grappling. <laughs> otherwise. And, and who designed these walkers that could just be tripped and then they, they explode? Like not not a good design. Uh, yeah. All right. So so di- so kind of speaking of like in the show kind of going week to week and you can kind of overanalyze things that happen. Did you, ex- and this happened with uh, WandaVision, although I didn't watch it on a weekly basis, but I know people had really wild theories, but it kind of ties into maybe the disappointment of the power broker. You know, you're kind of expecting maybe somebody else would swoop in. That would be more interesting or uh, maybe have kind of point to a future storyline that seems more interesting. Did you feel like disappointed that there wasn't any like huge surprise reveals or anything like that. Did you feel like I kind of felt like there was something more coming that never came or did did you, did you feel that way or did you or not? No, I, I I mean, I wish the power broker stuff had been more fleshed out. I, I, you know, I want division. I feel like egged the fans on at times (laughs) (laughs) and even outright trolled fans. Like when they, when they did the Quicksilver reveal, it was like, Oh, what does this mean? And then it's like, it doesn't mean anything. It's like, come on, Marvel. Uh, I feel like this show didn't do that. So I was not like expecting more because this show seemed to be a story of like, you know, two bros, like Falcon and Winter Soldier and their, their sort of journeys to becoming the men they're meant to be. Yeah. And that's what it gave us. And, and everything else was just gravy. So I don't, 
I wasn't expecting anything else, nor am I disappointed at not receiving anything else. I, I thought it, I thought it already gave me more than I was hoping for. Um, yeah. So I, I was pretty satisfied with it. So, so other than the power broker thing, the other thing that I thought was handled a little weird and they could have done maybe something more with <clears throat> was Isaiah. I felt like... Mm -hmm. So it was a little. This was some things that people were banding about that we were going to get a flashback Isaiah episode to when he was Captain America and we see him kind of kicking maybe Sam's or not Sam Bucky's butt, like because he kind of describes oh, yeah. that scene. Maybe we see this, or uh, Isaiah later describes him saving his fellow soldiers. Maybe we see something like that as a flashback. So I was a little disappointed that we didn't see that, but you know that's fine. Um, but so we have this character. I'm, I'm kind of torn because on the one hand, I like that Sam kind of wins him over a little bit. So he's very, so Isaiah is very angry and justifiably so. And he's, you know, he has that line. It's like no, no uh, self-respecting black man would ever pick up that shield or something. And then by the end, Sam's kind of doing his own, he's being true to himself. And he's like, I, I'm not going to let these past sacrifices, you know, Go, I'm paraphrasing badly, but go to waste. I'm going to build on what uh, the previous generations have done for me, and I'm going to carry that forward, and I'm going uh, you know, to take up the mantle of Captain America. Uh, and that all made sense. It felt true to Sam, and I think I, by the end of the show, Isaiah kind of respects that. Um, this, I, I just felt like they kind of smoothed over his, his like justifiable anger, though. He's like, so he was like has a very brutal backstory and then he then sam takes him to the museum and it's like oh by the way you have a statue in the corner of this museum now and like and he's kind of touched i guess i mean but maybe we're just seeing him come out of his shell or something but like the previous scenes were like i don't want anything to do with the government i don't in fact they think i'm dead please let them continue to believe i'm dead and then they then yeah. oh by the way I made this statue for you <laughs> wouldn't he be like what are you doing like <laughs> I'm supposed to be dead like I just it was weird and it, it seemed like it wanted the show wanted to kind of put a cap, uh, no pun intended like a cap on that on that um, that storyline to be like oh see he got recognition for what happened like isn't that nice it's like no. Like, he's got, like, first of all, I don't think this is what he wants. It doesn't seem like this is what, what the character wants. And even if it is, like, he just gets this, like, little corner of this museum. It doesn't seem to, like, fully respect the character's history. Uh, I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way. It just seemed weird. Like, they were just trying to smooth over that, the, this, this storyline and, like, kind of give it sort of a happy ending, which it's not a storyline that has an easy, happy ending. I don't know. What did you think? Yeah, I, I think they were trying to wrap a bow on it, and and uh, I don't know. I, I I I guess it depends on what the exhibit says, right? If the exhibit says like, "Hey, this is Isaiah. He's still alive. He was a hero." <laughs> it's like, oh, that's messed up. <laughs> but if the exhibit's like, you know, this is Isaiah. Like, he fought for his country. He did these heroic things, and then he suffered, and they imprisoned him, and now he's dead. You know, like telling a story while still respecting his. But if it was to... that, if it was like, this is the like we're we're displaying the true in this museum that's kind of like like isn't captain america great we're showing the dark history of the captain america program or whatever it's called and we're shining a light on that we're not hiding away like we have in the past we're showing the truth of it 
Where? Why do none of his fellow soldiers get st- statues? Where are they represented? It's just him. Like these, lots of people were killed to like he survived brutally so, but all these other people didn't make it. Like why don't they get statues too? Like it just seemed weird to me. Like I don't know. It's just a weird ending to that storyline. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would have been powerful, too, to just leave Isaiah still angry and disagreeing. Like, you know, for for a show that was about these conflicting ideologies, to just leave leave it... You mean, leave it... That's a challenge. That's a pretty, like, (laughs) upsetting ending, though, right? To, like, have him take up this triumphant taking up of the mantle and then have someone... Uh, Well, I I like that they... They kind of start to see eye to eye on it by the end. I like that he kind of comes around. Okay, I respect that you're doing your thing, and it's not what what I would do. But you're you know you're you're making your own choices, and maybe you know so they're they still have differences of opinion, but they, they can see eye to eye. I kind of like that. I just like the fact that oh, by the way, let me take you to this music. that that when it went past that was when I got a like. I don't know that he wants this. It does, like what I've seen from this character doesn't lead me to believe that he wants a statue in this museum to that like he gets one percent of this museum and ninety nine percent of it is to the the blonde hair blue eye Captain America that you know the world respects. Like it just seems like <laughs> totally out of character. Like that doesn't seem like something he would want. But anyway, I, I will say it did. It does fit Sam's character though right like in that um and 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 the arc too and then the themes of the story like like uh, i in a larger sense i like it because one of the themes of the story is is acknowledging the past Mm -hmm. and acknowledging the past both in that like what america has done to black people and also acknowledging the past and what bucky has done to people as the winter soldier Mm -hmm. and and so in, in in a thematic sense that statue and that exhibit did fit both those themes, right? Like it was the, 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 the exhibit was like America acknowledging mm-hmm. what it had done to its black super soldiers. And it also fit, um, Sam in that, like, kind of like he told Bucky, he's like, you can't just like avenge, you got to do the work and like go and tell people what happened. Mm-hmm. He, you know, Sam puts his money where his mouth is and he goes and convinces the museum to be like, no, you got to tell people what really happened. Like, and, and, and it's, it's not this triumphant Captain America story. It's this dark story of a, of a man tortured and imprisoned Yeah, and put it out there. So maybe I, maybe so, I need to do like a still, maybe I got the wrong idea from the, like, I felt like the, this, that, like the statue and stuff was cel- like, was more celebratory, but maybe like this, the exhibit is like going in. Like, but then, like, I want to like, what about the other soldiers? Like, this should be like, it shouldn't just be about. Oh, by the way, did you know that there was another Captain America? It just seemed like, like that was the point of the exhibit. Like, oh, hey, there, hey, like a like a trivia, a point of trivia. Hey, did you know that there was this other Captain America? But maybe it was much more like uh, true to life than I than I thought. Maybe I'm not giving the, the exhibit enough respect. I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to go visit and make my own judgment. That's right. That's right. Uh, all right. So any other thoughts here? Uh, you know, we've kind of talked about... I don't know if this is a nitpick. I, I kind of wish they did a little bit more. I like the, the more emotional beats of um, Bucky's 
story arc in this show, but I felt like he wasn't if the Bucky's combat wasn't very interesting. Like it, he was just kind of like a brawler and I really like what they did with Sam and his fight sequences. It's like, can't you do mm-hmm. something more interesting with Bucky and his he never like uses his arm. I remember in uh so cuz I really like uh Captain America uh and the uh the Winter Soldier. Uh that movie, I think it's, you know, it's one of my t- at least top 5, maybe top 3 MCU movies. And part of what really works is like the Winter Soldier in that movie is like scary. Like you're like, "Oh, this guy's got he's he's a super soldier. He uh you know, is highly trained. He's got that crazy metal arm and obviously i know that's the winter soldier part of that is the winter soldier programming and bucky is not the winter soldier but he still has those same ingredients and i it almost felt like bucky was kind of like depowered in this show a little bit or at least they kind of made it more made him more interesting just i'm purely speaking to like the action sequences and stuff, not like his character arc or anything like that. Cause I liked that. I thought that that was pretty well done. I was just like, I just kept expecting more from him in terms of like as an action figure and it didn't yeah. really happen. And, yeah. and that kind of along with that lines with that. So we see, but this is another nitpick. So we see Bucky fall from the airplane and he has no shoot and he, and he lands on the ground and he's basically fine. That would like kill very anybody very easily mm-hmm. and then you see other super soldiers they get like shot and they get shot just like anybody else and like they're in pain and then they get like ex- I, it just seemed like that seemed to set up like a super soldier can take you're falling from a plane to the ground i think you like then there's just the the power levels just seemed a little like <laughs> all over the place in this show yeah so although i think what it was setting up i mean uh, yeah he should have died like you can't just fall out of plane and not die like even super soldiers here or not you're still in a human body yeah. um what i what i think it was setting up though was his fall in this last episode mm. remember when he jumps up the he does, he does a perfect that perfect landing yeah. with his fist on the and it looks really super heroic yeah. so i think it was showing how like he finally get he like finally learns uh, how to fall uh, like a superhero <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of that, but that's funny. Uh, all right, so that was just another nitpick. My another super nitpick is why Bucky didn't rescue the other politicians out of this the locked um, truck. You know, the ones on fire. So obviously, yes, I need to help those people. And then he just leaves the other ones in there, and then they become a liability because they're they're still trapped in there. And Carly is using them to his advantage, like. You just shown that you can pull off. Yes, it took some effort, but you were able to free them. Just free the other guys real quick, the other politicians, yeah. and and then move on. So that was just a. Um, <laughs> what did you think? So you know, you have Sam's speech, and I thought it was a good speech. And like, I'm not knocking. Again, I thought it was true to the character, which is what I like most out of from the speech because I feel like it's really showing that Sam has a way with words and he he has a good way of like speaking to the core of his person and like really um you know reaching people with his words and i like that i think that's a cool it's like a cool non-super power to have yeah, uh, yeah. but 
I, what did you think that like so these global g what is it grc global global repatriation council they're kind of like so who's the big bad of the show it's 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 the grc politicians that's like is it that's because that's like kind of that's who gets the big speech at the end and like carly is kind of is kind of presented as almost like a victim of circumstance like I don't know. How did that sit with you? It just kind of seemed a little weird to me that that's just kind of. Well, I, I think I, I will say about the speech. I'll say this: I thought it was totally sappy and cheesy, and kind of <laughs> awkward, and yet I loved every minute uh-huh. of it. I thought it was. I, I just I I fell for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was just. It was totally cheesy, but I I just loved it. I I, I you know. It's a comic book show, and like I like it. I was serious and 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 deep at times, and and dealt with serious issues, but like. Yeah, like it, it. I feel like that's how the show needed to end. Was like with with. I mean, again, like if the whole theme of the show is that people need symbols, then the symbol can't just be like I'm beating people up with a shield, mm-hmm. right? Like the symbol needs to be like taking a stand, taking a moral stand that's unpopular, um, which is very in line with Captain America, right? Like it's just taking the stand, even if people are going to disagree because he believes it's the right thing to do, and that's that's what makes him Captain. That's what makes Sam Captain America. Is he's willing to just go up there and like you know say these things that need to be said and and need to be heard so i i really dug it i i i i totally like like the speech and i think too that what makes what makes steve rogers such a unique captain america and and they kind of touched upon this at numerous times even zemo acknowledged it was his empathy Mm -hmm. right like that's it wasn't that like he was smart or tough or anything like that it was that like it was two it's two things it's it's his grit that he just that he always got back up even when he was like a weak normal dude and it's his empathy that he always he knew what it was like to be the little guy and he always cared about the little guy and i, I feel like this show you know even if at times it was awkward it showed us that sam knows what it's like to be a regular person right like with his sister with his business um with you know with with the bank with the cops things like that like sam knows what it's like to be a black american and so he knows what it's like to be part of a of a of, of, of a group that's persecuted and so at the end when he gives a speech i mean it, it's somewhat sappy but it's also earned mm-hmm. in that sam knows also what carly's going through you know what she's feeling and what the flag smashers and what their their people are feeling like the, the sense of displacement of persecution of of a, a of a disregard for your rights and your feelings and your own traditions to to give someone else what they think they deserve um i just, i thought it, it i thought it was a good um fitting into the series to have basically the new captain america say hey my my antagonist that i defeated she was right. Mm-hmm. Like just because I defeated her in like physical combat, like doesn't mean y'all can go like you know <laughs> pillage the world now. Like you got to stop and listen. And and I really liked his line too when he's like, "She was willing to die for this." And you gotta you gotta you gotta stop and 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 see that and think like what what does that mean? And 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 if you keep going the way you're going, what about the next person who's like her and willing to die like her? Like what are they gonna do? So you know fix it now before we get to that point so i yeah i as as cheesy as it was i really liked it and i thought it was a great end to the show i I guess my i guess the 
I guess as an audience member, I didn't totally understand what the GRC was. And now it became like, you guys are messing up and you need to fix it. And I'm like, oh, I, okay. I thought they were just like kind of the good guys, but <laughs> I guess maybe they they were having this vote and it was like bad. We don't, we don't want them to vote a certain way. And I was like, I didn't, I, I, maybe I didn't follow that close enough. They, they didn't explain the GRC very well. It was I didn't figure out what was going on until like episode three or four because they never explained the situation very well. So I know we're getting close to time, our normal time here. But just really quickly, like this is this is what I was able to piece together, and this was a big misstep on the show's part. So the snap happens, and and after the snap, like I mean, every country has half its population now, right? So half the homes are empty mm-hmm. half the farms are empty half your military forces are empty half your government is empty and so it seems like what happens after the snap is people are like well first off people are like oh crap i don't have to live in my shack i can go like move into that nice house that was abandoned mm-hmm. because like why not and also like countries like one can't enforce their borders because they don't have the the, the people and two countries don't really want to enforce their borders because they need more people now, right, to run their businesses, to run their farms, to run their, you know, every, their economies. And so, like, if, it, 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 to the extent the show showed us something, it seemed like there was a, an influx of people from certain Eastern European countries. It seemed like that was where we were focused on. Um, I guess some of the more impoverished ones to, to better circumstances. Mm-hmm. And the Flag Smashers, the reason they were called Flag Smashers, and, and this was the piece that I felt was very muddled. It seems like after the snap, borders started breaking down because people just started going wherever the heck they wanted because there was so much free land and, and things to get. Mm. And and so like the notion of countries started loosening up. And once the snap was undone, all of a sudden, right? Like, hey, like imagine like you know, fifty senators showed up now who hadn't gone through the last few years. Uh-huh. You know, imagine like half our, our our army showed up who hadn't gone through the last few years. Like these are all. Imagine like half our wealthy people showed up and now their homes are taken over by other people. Um, these are people who hadn't gone through the the solidarity and 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 inter and cross border unity that people were experiencing. And these are people who so these are people who don't have that mindset and who want what they had back. Uh, and because they make up half the population, <laughs> they're pretty, they're a pretty powerful block. So it seems like what the GRC was doing was putting things back to where they were pre-snap. So saying, "Hey, you know, Carly, like you you thought you had this nicer life now. You know, you fled your poor circumstances and your your authoritarian government to come." to our country and get this better life but actually you know now we we have the people who used to live here back and and everything you've done for the last five years to contribute to a society doesn't matter you're going back to your old country you're going back to your old house and so i think that's what the grc was doing and that's why the flag smashers were smashing flags they wanted to go back to to this this sort of pre this sort of snap um stage where like there weren't like flags didn't matter borders didn't matter people could just go where they wanted and and have access to all the new resources and stuff like that i think i got that generally like that was kind of what's going on but i i think they could have done a and maybe they felt like that they had other things other bigger fish to fry but i i feel like if they they could have done that better especially as it pertains to the flag smashers it just seemed like it was more general like grc oh we don't like them and like uh, uh, but if they had like a specific instant like flashbacks or something like where we see a specific instance of this happening of someone who 
escaped harsh circumstances and made a better life for themselves post-snap, and now they're being told, do you need to go back to where you're from? And I think generally you get the idea that that's the backdrop, and maybe they the, the, the show felt that was enough. But I think it would have been more effective if we saw specific instances of that and kind of delved into it a little bit more. Because then you get kind of... Then you jump to the last episode, and I feel like... I feel like up to that point, I'm thinking like, okay, both sides have a point here. Um, yeah. Is yeah. and then, but then by the end of it, I feel like I'm supposed to be more against the GRC, and I didn't feel like I, I was led to that point. I just felt like, oh, we got to. Uh, I don't know. I think there could have been more there to get to get to the point where we, un- we have a better understanding of what yeah, each side I think that wants. wants. That would have been interesting too to to have it more clear that like they're both they both have a point yeah like because on the one hand it is unfair to these people who've been around for five years and and now found a better lives but it's also unfair if you just disappeared like what you and just came back like man you already you already went through something crazy and now you come back and your whole life's gone like someone else is in your house you know all your property's gone all your ass like you know it's just like I mean and not to mention all the other repercussions you could have had, right? Like imagine if you were married and you come back mm-hmm. and your spouse is now married to someone else or your, you know, your kids, they grew up like your friends have moved on. Your friends have moved on or died or stuff. Like, I mean, like I, I actually felt like WandaVision did a great job with that mm-hmm. with uh, Monica Rambeau. Yeah. And I feel like this show, maybe like you said, needed a, a flashback where we see like both sides where we see someone, you know, come back from the snap and someone who's like lived through the snap and what they did. And, um, that would have been, that would have been kind of cool to set it up. Maybe that was in those uh, missing episodes you were talking about. I know, I know, man. Uh, you know, bring back the Snyder cut. We're gonna say bring back the missing uh, Falcon cut. Uh, all right, so let's just. Uh, what is your overall uh, beige rating for the series? It's a one. This was a great show. Um, despite all the complaints, all the nitpicks. I mean. Are there lots of things they could have done better? Sure, but like you said, this was written by humans. I, uh, it, it, it was a great show. I really enjoyed all six episodes. Um, uh, I, I think it's a great series, and I, I could easily see myself watching it again. So I, I give it a one. All right. So you, de- you, you liked it a little bit more than me. I enjoy. I definitely liked it, but I feel like it could have done more. And like the, the, I don't know. I, I, again, the week to week thing. I I I really liked like the first episode. So if you remember, I gave the first two like one beige, and then I gave the second two two beige. And I felt like myself enjoying it a little less as the as the show went on. And I think that's somewhat unavoidable with the release schedule, where you kind of again you start thinking of things and like you think it's going to turn out a certain way. Uh, I think I'm going to give it two and a half beige. Two and a half. So that's. Still pretty good, so that's like very enjoyable. I don't like I don't have huge problems. They're just kind of a series of smaller problems that made it so I didn't fully enjoy it. Um, It's not like you know if you compare. So WandaVision, I forget what I gave WandaVision. I they're both pretty different shows. I actually like this. Maybe I gave WandaVision. Three. I don't remember if we even scored it, but uh, I like this one a little bit more than Wandavision. Uh, I've I've seen people who liked Wandavision better. They're like, uh, oh, this is not as good. I think they're quite different. They're not, you know, too easy to compare. But I did enjoy this one more than Wandavision. But if you compare it to something, mm-hmm. 
like the Mandalorian. And again, I don't ever, I don't ever remember the scores I give these things. But think of how good this most recent season of the Mandalorian is, and just how they're able to kind of, because obviously, much like Marvel, Star Wars has all these super fans, and they have they have a lot of people that they need to please. And the fact that they seem to have done that with the Mandalorian is amazing, especially when you consider. I mean, this showed it, and again, maybe it's unfair. Maybe it's unfair. But they didn't have anything like the return of Luke Skywalker coming and like dicing through battle droids or whatever they're called. And, and not that every show needs that, but there, there's a, like a sense of specialness to the Mandalorian that is missing from this, this show. And again, not every show has to be like that, but that's why I kind of give it the score that I've, I've given it. Uh, but definitely enjoyable. I hope they have uh more seasons um it'll be interesting to see what their plan is going forward in terms of shows versus movies um and maybe this will lead like into the secret invasion i still don't have a total sense of like how interconnected different shows are supposed to be obviously it's all part of the mcu but i don't we'll have to see how everything comes together but yeah but definitely enjoyable and I, so anyway, so thanks for listening. And I, th- I think we'll take next week off and then we'll come back for one more episode. Um, and then we'll, we might take a break after that, uh, maybe until Loki or something else comes up. So thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed and please tune in next time. Of all the starships, in all the galaxies, in all the universes, I had to choose this one.